Let's just um, praise the Lord as we start this morning. Father, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this incredible invitation, Lord, to meet with you personally. I'm overwhelmed by the thought that the creator of the universe wants to have relationship with me. And not just me, but all of us, individually and corporately. And so, Father, corporately this morning, we just accept the invitation to come before you and just give you praise and give you glory and edify you and write our thinking and solely focus on you this morning. And so, Father, as we just press in, as we just press in together, Father, I thank you that there's unification in your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, I would just ask that all over the country, wherever we're at and in every time zone, that you would just sort of unify our hearts with yours as we come together before you. Lord, we want to be, um, as Dr. Rob says, in singing the same tune in the same key today. And so, Lord, we just want to remove distractions right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we... We just bind and and remove interfering spirits that would mean for us to take our focus and our attention off you today. And so, Lord, we just set our eyes on you. We fix our gaze on you, Jesus. We look into your beautiful, fiery eyes, and we just focus on you today. Because in that, in prioritizing you, in placing you first, so far above everything else, everything else falls into line. And so, Lord, this morning, we just give you glory. Father, I thank you that you speak. I thank you that your voice is what we are conditioned to listen to and to hear. And there's so many voices that speak, but it's your voice. You're our shepherd. We are your sheep. We know your voice. Your word says that not only do we discern your voice as sheep, but we can also discern other intimidators and in, in, in those that would um, speak to discourage and speak to confuse, we can recognize those voices as well, it says in John 10. And so, Lord, this morning, we just tune our ears, the ears of our heart, onto the voice of the Good Shepherd as you lead this call. Lord, this is your call, and we want you to be the lead in the head. We want you to have your way on this call. And Lord, we fall often into routine, but Lord, I don't ever want it to be routine. So whatever you want to do this morning, Lord, we just give you permission to have your way, to have your way in this call, Lord. We love you this morning and we praise you. Some of you know, um, six weeks ago, we started a prayer room um, where we're at here in Louisville at our home church, and we have um, seen some incredible things happen. I just want to give a testimony of some of the things that we have seen before we before we share a time of, of just hearing from the Lord and learning about intercession this morning. After we had been doing a grocery outreach once or twice a month and starting the prayer room, we had a gentleman come on May 23rd to our grocery outreach where we, we give bags of groceries away, and he was living in his van in our parking lot at the church, around the church shopping center. The church is located just outside of downtown Louisville in um, an area that is definitely um, a cross-section of every kind of culture, every kind of um, race every kind of, it's pretty impoverished. 
and um, the, the shopping center is pretty dilapidated, but we're starting to see signs of that changing. But this young man was living in his van in the church parking lot, and he came and um, Tatum, one of our um, our church leaders who really has a heart for outreach and intercession, had some cold water for the homeless that come because the groceries have to be cooked and prepared, and those guys uh, don't often have a place to do that. So she had ready-made food, and she had cold water, and we gave him the ready-made food and the cold water, and he sat at the corner of the parking lot, and he watched us give groceries away, and he came back over and he was weeping, and he asked if we would help him. And I asked him to tell me what he needed prayer for, and he said two things. One, restoration of his family. He's been completely disenfranchised from his family because of his life and his life choices. And two, he wanted to know Jesus. And his name is Ed. And so we prayed that Ed would accept the Lord, and he did. And we prayed that Ed would be reunited with his family. And since May 23rd, we have seen and talked to Ed every day. We have had him be part of nearly all of our prayer room meetings. He comes to Sunday church. Ed has been good fruit. Ed had a place to live the next day because the Lord began to provide. He got a job. He began reconciliation with his family, not all of them, but slowly the Lord is opening doors and allowing him to build relationships. One of the things that Ed did, it is, we, we are, I'm giving the Lord glory and praise. A couple weeks ago, Ed came to Saturday prayer room and he brought his sister. And his sister has been in the same boat, disenfranchised. Um, the, the addiction in the past and, um, just the absolutely down and out in pretty bad situations. And her name is Ashley and Ashley sat through prayer room. And then we had a fellowship directly after prayer room and she came and she accepted the invitation to eat with us and fellowship with us. And in the middle of Tatum and I's lunch, um, Ashley wanted to pray. And so we left our food and we went back over to the prayer room and Ashley accepted Jesus as her savior. And she gave this testimony yeah. that when she came in the prayer room, she had nerve damage and carpal tunnel and she couldn't hardly feel her hands. And when she came into the prayer room and we began to pray and we began to worship, nobody knew anything about Ashley's need. We didn't pray for her. We didn't ask for healing. She didn't pray and ask for healing, but she began to feel her fingertips. She began to feel her hands and the nerve damage sort of went away. And Ashley told us as we were praying with her afterward that she feels like the Lord healed her and she couldn't really understand what was happening, but she knew she needed to tell us that. And we knew that the presence of the Lord that abides there, that we, that we seek to not only have come and habitate, but we seek to keep in us and manifest around us had healed Ashley. The Lord had healed Ashley and his goodness. He caught her attention. He captured her heart. Ashley um, prayed that she would um, be free from addiction. And I want to tell you that it wasn't very long after that, that the enemy really came against Ashley. And here's the real praise. Besides the fact that Ed and Ashley have come to the Lord, um, 
when they fall, when they have made mistakes, they have allowed the church family, the church people to continue speaking into them. They have come to us and they have allowed us to help them get back up and keep walking toward Jesus. It's not just fruit that that came and went one day or two days or one week or two weeks. It's fruit that's remaining, and they're becoming part of the family. They're becoming part of the revival family, the church family, but the prayer family. And I'm telling Mm -hmm. you this because after six weeks of praying, we, we, we only were probably praying a few weeks before we started seeing these things manifest. We're seeing fruit. And the fruit is this. There are people that are lost and broken, and we want them to come to Jesus. And prayer and intercession is the foundation. I told you a few weeks ago, if you haven't seen the face-to-face interview with Dr. Rob McCorkle and Corey Jones, I encourage you to watch that because it's truly inspiring about making your church a house of prayer, starting a prayer meeting, um, turning, in, we, we all aren't maybe feeling led to do 24 and 7 prayer rooms, and that's okay. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you that when we begin to focus on prayer and intercession, like we do every Monday on this call, and we begin to do it more than just individually, but we begin to do it corporately, we begin to see changes. There's healing coming. There's transformation coming. The neighborhood is accepting our place there. They're letting us speak into them. They're allowing us to not only help them but love them, and they're receiving that love. They're coming through the doors not to get money or gas, but they're coming through the doors because they're desperate for something more, and his name is Jesus. And so I want to encourage you with that testimony this morning before I share with you if you have your Bibles this morning, will you turn to Jonah 3? We're going we're gonna to talk about a little verse, a little story. We know the story of Jonah, but Jonah 3 is where we're going to be this morning. And I just want to share what I think the Lord is um, wanting me to share this morning. He brought me this verse yesterday when I woke up and, and as on the way to church. I um, Actually, I think even before I'd left the house. I felt like the Lord had drawn me to this verse this yesterday morning, and I began to pray that. Um, and so we're in Jonah 3, and Jonah has come out of the belly of the whale, and he's went to Nineveh. And in 310 is the verse I want to focus on, so we know this story. We know what happens here. But I would encourage you, this is a short book of the Bible, I would just encourage you after the call today, maybe read through Jonah, um, just and re-familiarize yourself with the story and the goodness of the Lord through this book of the Bible. But Jonah 3.10 says, when God saw their deeds, that they turned from their wicked way, then God relented concerning the calamity which he had declared he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. So, when I read that verse yesterday, it, to me, it was there was so much in that one verse, and I just asked the Lord to help me to pray through that. And so this morning, let's just talk about what it looks like. You know, I'm very captured in these months um, with praying scripture. I'm very captured in these months, these days of intercession right now to pray scripture back to the Lord, to also take the example that the Bible provides of so many intercessors and mighty, mighty men and women of prayer and example them. 
if it was good then, it's good now. And we are um, living in times when we absolutely need help knowing how to pray, knowing how to intercede. I heard Lynn this morning as she was giving God glory admit in very deep humility. I, she said, I don't know how to pray for my daughter. I don't know how to pray. And you know, we all have to admit that. There's just moments. There's many days we cannot pray. We don't know how to pray, but the Lord wants to help us pray with the teaching of His Holy Spirit. He's the best teacher. Jesus is an incredible, the perfect intercessor, and we have the opportunity to allow the Lord to teach us to pray. And so his word is an awesome teaching tool he uses to help us learn how to pray and intercede and to continue praying and interceding. If we look at this passage in Jonah 3.10, there's a couple of things that we can glean from this passage. First of all, Jonah went, um, and as we know the story, a bit begrudgingly to Nineveh. Nineveh was a wicked town, but the Lord sent him to Nineveh. And there's tremendous power in the proclamation of the Lord that Jonah gave to Nineveh. And we still need to remember there's tremendous power in the proclamation of the word today. There's tremendous power in intercession today. God knows who is ready to receive his word. God knows who is softened to receive his word. Nineveh was not Jonah's choice. It was God's choice. God knew that the people of Nineveh, the king specifically, was ready to receive the word and proclamation of God. God told Jonah where to go because God knew the people were ready to receive. There is tremendous lesson in that for us today. God knows the intent of the heart of a person. He, he says that he doesn't look on the outward appearance of man, but at the inward heart, the intention of the heart. Yet, in this verse, we see that it wasn't the intention of the people that changed God's mind. It was their deeds. When God saw their deeds, when God saw that they turned from their wicked way, then he relented concerning the calamity. Then... He did not bring the calamity upon them, but it wasn't just the thought. They didn't just think, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to humble myself and I'm going to repent and then not follow it up. It was their deeds that changed. And when God saw that their deeds changed from their wicked ways, he relented. And so in this verse, the lesson of deeds and action and repentance in our deeds is what changes the mind of the Lord. Is there any city too lost? Is there any group of people too lost that the Lord can't reach them? Certainly not. Certainly not. But there's also a time when we speak a good game. We talk a good game. And actions don't seem to follow. This is a day and age in which we live that we can portray a really good image, can't we? We can portray a really good image on Facebook and social media. We can put a life together on social media and through technical avenues that make it look like we have our stuff together. But that mask, that facade is rarely followed up with action and deed. 
But the Lord changed his mind about a wicked place because it was their deeds. They truly repented in their deeds, and that changed the mind of the Lord. So what does that tell us? What does that help us learn how to pray today? Well, first, for prayer and intercession points, I would say that first and foremost, we need to hear God tell us where to pray, when to pray, who to intercede for. I've taught many times, and I know there's new people on the call, and I know that I don't want to just totally go down this road, but I just want to share that there's a difference in prayer and intercession. And intercession cannot be our agenda. Intercession must be hearing the heart of the Father and praying back His desire for someone, for something, for a group, whatever the subject of intercession is, we're hearing the heart of the Father on the matter, and then we're praying it back to Him. That's intercession. You can pray and have a conversation with the Lord however you desire. You can bring your agenda, your needs to the Lord however you want through prayer, but that's not intercession. Intercession is standing in the gap for someone or something else. Intercession is standing in place of someone who can't or won't go to the Lord on their own behalf. That's intercession. We're gap standers. We're mediators. And so we need to hear the voice of God on who we intercede for or when we intercede for something or where we intercede for something. Lynn is interceding for her children. That's a good bet that that's a good thing the Lord would have her intercede for because it's his heart that none should perish, but that all should come to salvation through the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? And so... We know the Lord's heart on that. We know the Lord's heart when we have a lost loved one. He wants them to be in right relationship with him. We know we can pray according to his heart on that thing. That's intercession. But we don't know sometimes when a group of people or a place is ripe for the reception of the word. You see, it wasn't Jonah's idea. It was the Lord's idea that Jonah go and proclaim the gospel or proclaim, excuse me, this is Old Testament. So proclaim the word of the Lord to those in Nineveh. It was God's idea. And so if the Lord is laying a burden on your heart for something, maybe he's not wanting you to become a politician and go into government and change laws. Maybe he's calling you to stand in the gap and intercede for that place or for that thing. So this is a prayer point. Lord, help us hear your heart's desire for us to stand in the gap for what you would have us stand in the gap for. Second prayer point. We begin to pray receptivity and a softening for that thing that we have now called the subject of our intercession. Maybe it's a lost loved one. Maybe it's a prodigal. Maybe it's a a church. Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's a city. You can intercede for anything and everything. There's so many things that the Lord would have us stand in the gap for, not just people. And so I I call that the subject of our intercession. And so the second prayer point is to pray for receptivity, to pray for a softened heart, that as the Lord begins to woo by his Holy Spirit, there's receptivity in that subject of intercession to allow the Lord to work. The king of Nineveh allowed the Lord to work in his heart and mind. 
But yet we know Pharaoh back in Genesis and Exodus was so hardened that he wouldn't allow the Lord to work in his heart. So we pray that a hardening turns into a softening and there's receptivity. That's the second prayer point. Third prayer point this morning, that we pray for repentance and not just in word and not just a change of our heart and a change of mind in our subject of intercession, but an actual repentance in deed and action. Because it's not just what we say and think that changes the Lord's heart toward us. And you say to me, well, maybe there's no calamity in store. Maybe we're not praying against calamity. I would say this, if you're praying for someone who's lost, calamity is hell. Calamity is them passing, them dying, them leaving this physical life into a life eternal without absent of Jesus. That's a huge calamity in my opinion. And so in order for there to be a change, we don't just pray that they be given us lip service. Sometimes our kids, sometimes our loved ones, sometimes people tell us what they think we want to hear, but they don't follow it up with a change of action, a change of deed. They keep doing that wicked thing over and over. One of the things that we're walking out with our new fruit um, with Ed and Ashley and others that come to know the Lord who have no history of church, they have no history of um, religion. They're new, they're fresh, they're lost, and they're coming to Jesus for the first time. One of the things that we're helping them walk out is an actual change in their deed and action. Now, we don't expect them to get it all right all at once. And so we don't put unrealistic expectations on them, but we walk them out with them when they make a mistake, when they, when they fall and they do something that's not, not only becoming to the Lord, but it's not becoming to them. And then there's guilt and shame and condemnation. We come alongside of them and we say, listen, we love you. This doesn't mean that you're out of relationship with the Lord. This doesn't mean that you go back to your old way of life. This means that you pick up yourself and you keep walking. You repent in deed and action, and we keep walking toward Jesus. This is the prayer point in which we pray for our subject of intercession, that they truly don't just repent in word, tell you what you want to hear, or tell you what they think they should say to gain respect but that they truly repent in deed and action. And lastly, attitude is everything when we intercede. If we example Jonah's attitude, that may be a problem for us. Jonah was not keen on going to Nineveh at all, so much so that he ran from God. He disobeyed. We know the story. He went on the ship. The, the storm threatened to, to drown everyone on the ship, and so Jonah's like, throw me in the water. He's in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights. And the Lord uses that to soften him and grow him and bring him to obedience. And so when the the fish vomits him out on the sand, he realizes the first thing he has to do was the last thing he didn't do, which is go to Nineveh. And so we have to examine, and, and by the way, these prayer points probably aren't in the order in which I would put them in. They're just in the order in which the Lord brought them to my mind this morning. We have to be in right relationship with the Lord. We have to be in obedience to the Lord as we intercede. We cannot be running from the Lord and accept 
and, and disobedient and expect our intercession to be effective. We also can't have a poor attitude. Now, Jonah didn't ever really have from my from my reading of this book, he never really had a great attitude. He went, he became obedient, and the Lord used him mightily, and he was effective. But you know what? He didn't really want to do it ever. He didn't really want to be there, and he had a poor attitude. Yet the Lord worked through his poor attitude because he was obedient, and there was true repentance indeed. There was true change that came to Nineveh. And the calamity which the Lord had declared would come upon them was not coming upon them because of their repentance indeed. I would say to you, if the Lord effectively worked through Jonah's poor attitude toward Nineveh, what could he do with our good attitude? What could he do when we're praying in love? What could he do when we're praying not only with a positive mental attitude that we drummed up ourselves, but with our full total submission to him? And we humble ourselves before him and we say, less of me, more of you, God. I put myself and my agenda and my flesh to death, and I ask you to fill me fresh with your Holy Spirit and teach me, teach me how to intercede. Father, help me love the thing I intercede for. What could he do with an attitude that's good, that's obedient, that wants to work in cooperation with him. If he can work through Jonah this way, what could he do through our intercession? And so let's pray into this verse this morning. Let's pray into these prayer points this morning. Maybe the Lord has given you more prayer points. There's certainly a lot of things we can talk about this morning, but these are just a few that the Lord laid on my heart to share. I think it would be awesome if we prayed into these, but if the Lord has led you in a different direction, by all means, let's be obedient to that leading and let's just pray together. Um, I'm reminded of this before we begin to pray. We can't help but love the thing we intercede for. We can't help but love the inter- the thing we intercede for. And sometimes the Lord has to, very often and mostly, change us as we begin intercession towards something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we begin feeling an urge and a burden to intercede for something that we don't really love or we don't really want to intercede for. And can I tell you that the first thing we need to do is allow the Lord and ask the Lord to help us love that thing, that person, that subject of intercession, the way he loves them, to see them the way he sees them, to pray and intercede for them the way Jesus prays and intercedes for them. And when we begin to pray like that, it changes our perspective and we cannot help but love that thing. And when we have love in our heart for that thing, it bears it up. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. We have the ability through Christ Jesus to do that, to be that kind of love when we really begin to intercede the way the Lord wants us to intercede for something. And so, Lord, today, I thank you for your word. I thank you for these incredible examples of people who stood in the gap for others. Father, you are asking us to do the same today. And, Lord, there are so many things that we can stand in the gap for. Will you help us today hear your voice so clearly that we would know who or what to stand in the gap for? Father, not 
drum up our own ideas or look around and try to point something out, but literally allow you to put a burden within us to pray for the thing or the person you want us to pray for, to intercede for the thing you want us to intercede for. And Lord, not according to our agenda, not according to how we Mm -hmm. think they should be or we think it should go, but according to your heart's desire for that person or that thing. So, Lord, we just we just repent right now of self that has crept up and got in the way of our own agenda of praying inappropriately or wrong prayers because we didn't know better or we were skewed and distracted by our own agenda. Father, forgive us for having selfish motives. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive me for thinking I know how to pray for something better than you do. Forgive me for times I was so hasty in my intercession that I didn't come before you first and said, Lord, how do you want me to pray? How do you want me to agree with your heart on this thing? What is your heart on this matter? How are you Mm -hmm. praying and interceding? Lord, forgive me for the times I haven't done that. And Lord, I ask that you just give me such sensitivity to do that in every moment, in every prayer and intercession from this point on. Mm-hmm. Lord, I pray for a receptivity and a softening of the heart of our subjects of intercession. Father, for those of us standing in the gap for a child, for a prodigal, and, and, and I don't say that according to age, but according to generation, for those of us that are standing mm-hmm. in the gap for the lost and the prodigal, Father, would you put such a softening on them for hardened hearts to be melted into butter, that a receptivity yeah. come to their mind and their heart, that when the word of the Spirit is present for them and to them, that they absolutely accept it because they're so receptive. When the word is placed around them and they hear that thing, that they grab onto it, Lord, that they're receptive to it and they're softened and that they receive lord would you do that for the lost would you do that for the prodigal would you do that Mm -hmm. in hardened hearts everywhere would you begin to soften them Mm -hmm. father i pray for the thing that burdens us you know there are many people on this call this morning and i don't know them all but lord you do and you know the burden that you've placed on them and what they're interceding for some of them are interceding for things that i don't understand but lord would you help the subject of intercession that we are standing in the gap for be receptive be softened and we pray that in jesus name lord i pray this morning that there not just be lip service in any part of this, that we're praying and we're really following that up with action indeed, and that the thing we're praying for really have a repentance of heart, of mind, and of deed and action. I pray that when people say they accept you, Lord, they don't get up from that experience and go right back and do all of the things they did before, but that they really change their mind change their ways Mm -hmm. and they repent indeed just like the people of Nineveh did father help help the things that we're praying for turn from their wicked ways Lord father I thank you that we can pray for true repentance through and through in all areas of life Lord and father it's not always easy to put our selfish agenda ourself our own desires aside it's not I know that and death to flesh and death to self is hard because it's death and it hurts Mm -hmm. 
because death hurts. But Lord, I thank you that you, Jesus, exampled this so selflessly as you gave yourself to crucifixion, as you gave yourself to the cross, as you gave yourself to this death of self and agenda and totally did this in our place. And Lord, you will and you can help us crucify even the toughest flesh that we carry. And Lord, those things that creep up within us like pride, those things that creep up within us like self-righteousness, not just um, deeds of wickedness, but the intent of our heart that creeps up, the things in our mind that we don't take captive, that, that threaten to take a stronghold in us. Lord, we want to truly repent and die to those things that you would be Lord in our life, that you would have so much room that you flow in us and through us and over out amongst everyone around us. And Lord, lastly, I pray that we just have a right attitude. Lord, that we would have an attitude as we pray and intercede like you did, Jesus, like you do now. Father, I pray that we don't pray in anger. I pray that we don't pray in self-righteousness and pretend that we know what's best and how to pray for someone when we really don't. We just want to pray according to your heart, and we want to pray according to your attitude. And so, Lord, we want to see this thing the way you see it. Lord, we want to love this thing the way you love it. Lord, we want to love from the perspective and the position of Christ Jesus. And so in that love, we thank you that we can bear all things, we can endure all things, we can hope all things, we can believe all things. But Lord, we can't do that without your love. Will you help us see the person that we're praying for the way you do? Will you help us love the person that we're praying for the way you do? And Father, in that love, may we be so motivated by the love of Christ that we have the best attitude and the best intentions as we pray. And Father, would you be effective in that? If you can be effective in Jonah's poor attitude, Lord, what could you do with our good one? And so, Lord, we are just praying for that kind of softened heart in us, for that kind of tenderness in us, the intercessors, as we stand in the gap and as we pray. And so, Lord, we're just going to pray into this. Will you help us by your Holy Spirit? Will you give us unction by your Holy Spirit to pray out, to give us words? Father, maybe some of us have very personal things we want to pray into. Father, maybe some of us are scared to death to pray out for the first time. Would you give us boldness, Lord? Give us boldness this morning. Give us courage. In fact, I pray for those that always seem to come on and listen, but they lack the ability to speak out. Maybe this morning you are really burdening them, pressing them to speak out. Father, I thank you for the power of agreement that comes when we obediently pray out in your spirit. Would you bring that today? And I pray this in Jesus' name. God, we celebrate Ed and Ashley coming home. We thank you for all the Eds and Ashley this weekend has made the decision to say, Jesus, I accept you as Lord and Savior, and they're beginning their faith walk, and you've brought people alongside them to shepherd them because they were hungry, and the church fed them, and they were thirsty and gave them drink, and they were strangers, and you, you were able to bring them in through the works of your church, Lord. And they were in prison, they came to, and they were sick, and they visited them. And Lord, I just thank you that you're stirring up the hearts 
of your church today to go out and seek and save the lost, Lord. And it's not about anything we're doing, but it's by your Spirit, your Holy Spirit that's leading us and guiding us to those people. So, God, I just yeah, celebrate uh, those that have been you, set Jesus. free. And, God, I just thank you personally that, that you're doing a work in my heart where I've been critical in the past, and I've been uh, sitting back in judgment, Lord, and you're softening my heart to say it doesn't matter anymore. Just go forward. Go forward yeah. for what I've called you to do. And just like Jonah, he, he ran from your calling, Lord. I just thank you that he answered the call. And from that, the, 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 the leader of the nation uh, lamented and repented. And from that, you yep. saved the nation. So, God, I just yep. thank you for the Jonas today that are stepping into their calling. I thank you that they're turning back. God, I just thank you for the pastors, that, that you're stirring their hearts and the, 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 the people that you're bringing alongside them to work in together in concert with them in unity, God. It's by your Holy Spirit that, that we are, we are, are uh, united uh, it's not about color or creed or anything else, God, yeah. that you're uniting yeah. us in that. And so I just thank you for your power, and I thank you for the small little prayer team that you brought together in my little church, Lord. Thank it's you, just two Jesus. people. And I just prayed that the, 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 the cloud the size of a hand would be, begin to grow in all the churches, Lord. And there'd be a wonderful cloud that your presence would just invade the churches as people come in yeah. alongside and pray and intercede and praise and give thanksgiving and honor to you, King Jesus. So today, I, I just thank you for a soft heart. I thank you for leading me in truth. And God, I just pray that, and for Lynn's daughter, Lord, we celebrate. We thank you yeah. that, that she's yeah, coming Jesus. home. And for all the ch- children, yeah. God, for my children that are going deeper into you, I just celebrate you and say thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for equipping us and inspiring us. And thank you for allowing us to become love as we get out of ourselves and seek your face and abide with you today, God. Take me in deeper into the abiding with you where your fruit can remain long past when I've gone home. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Father, I'm sold out to prayer and intercession, and there's there's no convincing that needs to be done in me, but, Lord, I know that we need more intercessors. So, Father, in, in agreement with these prayers that are being prayed right now, I just pray that you would just raise up more intercessors, Lord, that you would make the, um, the reality in the truth that you move your kingdom forward on the back of prayer and intercession so true that people respond to the call to be intercessors. Father, I thank you that it's not for an elite few. I thank you, Lord, that you are truly calling all of us to stand in the gap, Father. You really are. And so, Jesus, I thank you that this call, this this broadcasting of the seed of an intercessor's heart, Lord, would just sprout in everyone that hears it, Lord. Would you begin to raise up more intercessors, Lord? Call them forth. Father, I pray, and I pray that they be um, tenacious in their prayer, tenacious in their intercession, Lord. I pray that they be tenacious in hearing your voice and praying it back to you, Lord. Father, I thank you for those on this call. They're so faithful. They're so faithful to call in every week, Lord. They're so faithful to call and pray in agreement, many of them um, while they're at work or they're in a place where they can't take their phone off mute, but they still call in to agree in their heart, to agree in their prayer. 
And so, Father, I thank you for the power of agreement that comes when we come into agreement with one another and we come into agreement with your Holy Spirit. And, Father, in that agreement, I thank you that you, again, move your kingdom forward. And so, Lord, I thank you that people will be saved because of the agreement and intercession that's happening here. Father, I thank you in advance. I thank you that we're going to have more testimonies. Father, I thank you that one day we're going to begin to call in on these Monday prayers and the time of praise and prayer and worship will take up the whole time because we're all so busy thanking you for the people that have come to know you, for the lost that have been saved, for the prodigals that have been returned, for the healings that have taken place, for the restorations that have taken place, for the bondages that have been broken off, for the chains that have and the fetters that have fallen to the ground, for the churches that woke up, stayed awake, and actually got it. And, Father, they got it so well that their neighborhood and their territory was changed. And the Spirit poured out on their territory so big that it reached into their city. And cities and regions are changed. And we're so busy thanking you on Monday prayer and intercession call that we don't even have a lesson. Father, I thank you for that day, and I pray that it comes soon. Lord, would you raise up more intercessors to agree? Would you raise up more people burdened for their cities? Would you raise up Mm -hmm. those that would lose sleep? And yes. stop eating, but fast yes. and pray, because you burdened them so to see change come yes. for yes, your God. kingdom's sake, yes. for your glory's sake. Right. Lord, would you yes. wake up your bride? Father, awaken yes. your intercessors. Rise yes. them up. Raise them up. Stand them up so that we can fall to our knees and fall to our faces and stand in the gap, Father, for the things Tell that you burden us for. Yes. Yes. Father, break our heart for what breaks yours. Father, if it hurts you and it bothers you, Father, may it bother us. And Father, burden us for what burdens you. Lord, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. The burden is simply a call to prayer. And, Father, I thank you that when we get it right and we pray and intercede according to your heart, that you lift that burden so beautifully. Father, thank you for not allowing us to be comfortable. Thank you, Father, for transformation in and through us. Thank you, Father, for transformation in the world around us. I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to fight or argue to release your spirit in love. So, Father, thank you for boldness to release your spirit in love. Thank you for courage to stand in the gap when it's hard. And, Father, would you make us so rooted and motivated by your love that we don't do anything apart from you. And, Lord, we love you today. We lift you high today. We give you glory today. We edify you in all things today. Father, would you put before us specific opportunities today, today, to share your love. Would you put before us specific opportunities, and, Father, make us so sensitive to your spirit that we not miss the opportunity before us to share your love with a lost, broken, Mm -hmm. and dying world. Lord, we pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus, the matchless name of Jesus. I thank you for the authority to pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.